The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Thank you for listening to this DuPont Media production, available on all major podcast platforms. This is Rod Peterson On Demand. Breaking news today. I do have the cowbell with me. The board of directors of the Edmonton Elks football team has terminated the contracts of president and CEO Chris Presson, general manager Brock Sunderland and head coach Jamie Elizondo effective immediately. The Edmonton Elks cleaning house on this Monday morning, firing the president, the general manager, and the head coach. This is the Rod Peterson Show. Good morning, Canada and Canadian sports fans around the world. You are looking live inside the Great Western Brewery in beautiful Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, as Great Western's Original 16 brings you our coverage of the Tim Hortons curling trials along with Core Grain. And you're going to see, no, that's not where I am. That's where the moose is. And it's funny because I'm feeling so extra Canadian today, even though I continue to broadcast from South Florida. We've got some big-time Canadian sports topics to get to, and why not bring in the moose right now? Darren DuPont is live at the Great Western Brewery in Saskatoon. And Darren, how are they treating you there? You're not imbibing this early in the day, I would hope, uh, in Saskatoon, or are you? <laughs> well, every day at 11 o'clock, I'm in, near the hospitality room. Every day at 11 a.m. in that room, about 30 feet from me, uh, they do a tasting every day. And they've, they've, Come on. they've made sure to tell me this is not them. They're not drinking here. They're just sampling, tasting. But they do it every single day to make sure that the, the taste is right, the palate, everything, you know, all the flavors, that the consistency is there. There's like 15 or 16 people that are in there and taste it. So they're not drinking. They're just tasting. Um, not like you and I would go to a, a wine tasting or beer tasting and we'd have, you know, this much of each beer. And all of a sudden, after 30 minutes, you're feeling it. This is like teaspoons of just for flavor and stuff. But uh, so, well, it's how about that? Way. How about that? Yeah. About All right. That? Well, glad to have you. And uh, coming up on the program today from the Prince Albert Raiders, a San Jose Sharks prospect, Ozzy Weisblatt, going to be with us in hour one. He's supposed to be with us last week, but this massive storm that creamed Western Canada uh, derailed the Raiders' travel plans, blah, blah, blah. Ozzy couldn't be with us last week. He will be this week. And coming up in hour two to help preview the big Saskatchewan-Calgary CFL playoff game on Sunday, we have Danny Austin from the Calgary Sun. So that's going to be great. But can we please hit the quick six show horn uh, director, Gordon, because I can't wait. I can't wait to get into this. I've been on the phone all morning, people saying, I can't wait for your show today. The number one topic 
here today is, I'll just read the wire copy from yesterday. You all know what it is. The Edmonton Elks have cleaned house after a disappointing CFL season with President and CEO Chris Presson, General Manager Brock Sunderland, and Head Coach Jamie Elizondo paying the price. The Elks announced it in the news release Monday. Team Chairman Ian Murray said the board decided major changes are needed at the senior leadership level to, quote, rebuild the trust and confidence of Elks fans, season ticket holders, and the community, unquote. So here we are about, let's say, 23 hours after that decision yesterday, Darren, and not much is known more other than that Wally Buono is going to help lead the um, search for those guys' replacements. Talking with... Uh, a couple of Edmonton sponsors this morning. How about this? They weren't going to renew their sponsorship next year, but now they are. Just to give you a little bit of a taste of what was going on up in Edmonton with regards to this football team. Now, 3downnation.com had a list of 12 potential candidates to be the next general manager of the Edmonton Elks. And I want to get your take on this, Darren, because there were 12 great names. It really made me realize there's a lot of great football men in the CFL or just outside the CFL? Because Ed Hervey is one of the names that was mentioned on that list. Three guys who were not, Eric Tillman, Brendan Tamman, and Jim Barker, all three of which I've heard in connection to the Ottawa GM job. But you tell me this, aren't they putting the cart ahead of the horse? Don't they need to hire a president first? And for that, if I was the Edmonton football team, I would be hiring Lee Genier first, the former um, executive of the year of the National Lacrosse League, president of the Saskatchewan Rush. I think it was 20 years with the Calgary Stampeders in their front office and also with the Saskatchewan Rattlers of the CEBL where they won a championship in his first year in charge there. So you got to start with a president and then go from there. And then there are a lot of other things off this, but are you picking up what I'm putting down on that? Yeah, I am. I am. And I think, you know, I, I would support that. I, I, I like that. You do, the president comes first, I think. Because the president wants to have his own GM and the GM wants to have his own coach and that's kind of the order. But when we're coming up with these lists and we're looking at all these names that, that are being you know put around, I think when it comes to the GM, it's just a more sexier conversation. It's a more exciting conversation because these are football people. We've heard these names before. For the most majority of the public, when we're talking about who might be the president of the football team, we're not going to be very familiar with these names on a national level. So it's not that sexy, doesn't, you know, you ask our audience, they're not going to have a lot of speculation about who might be the president, right? And I mean, that's on you and me to come up with some names and you put forward a good one and Lee. He's got a good track record. He wins everywhere he goes. So that's a good thing. Um, now, you know, the GM search, but that's where you get the sexy name and the, the football guys that we know. I mean, G. Roy Simon's name was in there. Danny McManus's name was on that list. Chris Jones. So there's a lot of, you know, recognizable names where we can get some really great discussion. But I'm with you. They probably, even though we're having that discussion, got to wait for the president to be named first. Yeah, well, I'm sorry if it's not sexy names to CFL fans across the country. It's the most important position within the football team. It's going to be their most important hire because that's the guy or gal that sets the direction moving ahead. And that person will decide who the general manager is and probably be in concert with the head coach. But the other thing, talking with Edmonton football people is, I'll say it again, as I said yesterday, how confident are, should we be that the right hire is going to be made? I guess that's why they handed it off to Wally. But Hugh Campbell ran that team for 30, 35 years. Before you were around, Darren, for the most part, the board didn't have to do anything because Hugh Campbell had it. 
And ever since Hugh Campbell got ousted, that team has really been rudderless. So, yeah, I mean, Hugh was everything. He was, ba- he, yeah. you say whatever you want, President G. He was all of those things in one guy. Who's the next Hugh Campbell? I don't think that's Chris Jones. I don't think that's any of the names that we saw, but it needs to start with the president. And, and the other thing, by the way, yep. somewhat rhetorical question here, but does Eddie Steele get hired back by 630 Ched, the official radio voice of the Edmonton Elks, because he got smoked for saying Brock Sutherland is the problem with this whole thing. On Monday, he was proven right. Do they go back and hire Eddie? Or should I have not pointed that out on Twitter moments ago? No, it, it's 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 an interesting thought because now you wonder how what the board of directors feels about Eddie in the comments, right? And, and making those comments. At the end of the day, you don't want your radio guy talking about the GM or talking about something in the, in the, you know, no matter if he's right or not in that situation. But yeah, you're right. I mean, Eddie should probably have a door open. I, I would think that. I mean, um, his place in the history of that football team and with that as a supporter and an analyst, I think, that doesn't go away, and this actually, you know, removes if there is any tarnish on his legacy, Eddie's, which I don't know that there is, because he had a lot of support. This kind of removes that. He was right all along, uh, which a lot of us knew. Uh, by the way, live on location at the Great Western Brewery in Saskatoon for Curling Canada's Olympic Trials, presented by Core Grain, and the warm-up is brought to you by E. Cole Electric. Come see our sales staff and in-house specialists for all your electrical needs how about this trust me we are getting to the nfl and the nhl but first i got to come to south florida to feel so canadian darren because the number two point of my quick six show topics is brad jacobs meets brad gushu tuesday afternoon in a battle of three no rinks at the canada's olympic curling trials a women's round robin draw is scheduled for tonight at sastel center but matt dunstone i'm reading from wire copy here from the canadian press matt dunstone tried to keep his dissatisfaction in check as his winless team toiled through another loss Monday at Canada's Olympic trials when he walked through a dark curtain near the end boards at Sastel Center after a 10-3 defeat to Kevin Cooey, the frustration boiled over. Dunstone smacked his broom on the concrete floor so hard that the head flew off. The young skip then took a few questions from reporters, knowing the main theme would be that his 0-3 start left him a long shot to make the playoffs. The partisan crowd announced that 8,217 did its best to cheer on the lone Saskatchewan-based team in the field. You tell me, because you're live in Saskatoon to provide curling coverage of the Tim Hortons Canadian Trials. Is this the biggest story? And I would understand if it is. The Team Dunstone, the local team, is 0-3, and their third went mysteriously missing. We still don't know the reason why Braden Muscoey, the guy that put this super team together, isn't there curling with them. Yeah, that's a tough one that Braden's not there. That, that one sucks. Um, and they're missing him, obviously, because they're off to a bit of a slow start here. And there's not a lot of time to, to get it together. you got to play well right from the get-go. So it'll be interesting. Today's a big day tomorrow to get things back on track for, for Matt and his group. But, yeah, it, it's a big story here in Saskatchewan, in Saskatoon, because he's the local guy. Obviously, you know, the two guys that are going to play this afternoon, the two Brads that are both 3-0, and that's a big story. Brad Gushu is a fan favorite. Everywhere he goes. And Brad Jacobs, um, you know, had a kind of a poor showing at the Briar. And this is kind of a bounce back for Brad Jacobs, who's one of the world's best. So, but, but Dunstone, because he's Saskatchewan and people were excited about Saskatchewan having a chance, a real chance to represent Saskatchewan or Canada at the Olympics. 
So I, I think that's a bit of a shock, and it's one of the big storylines, if not the biggest. Uh, more on that a little later on. Moving on to point three. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are back in the win column. Tom Brady threw for 307 yards and two touchdowns as Tampa Bay beat the New York Giants 30-10 to on Monday night football, snapping a two-game losing skid. Daniel Jones threw a touchdown pass to left tackle Andrew Thomas, and the Giants stayed close for one half before unraveling. I won't get your take on this, Darren, other than to say a couple things. One, the Bucs were in control from kickoff to the final gun. The Giants, as it said, unraveled. The turnovers, penalties, gave the game away. It was exactly the way we thought the game would go. The only problem for me is getting up this morning, notification on my phone from The Athletic. Buccaneers, officially Super Bowl favorites. I'm like, going into the game, it was... Buccaneers hoping to avoid first three-game losing streak since 2002. So they win, and they're Super Bowl favorites. Stop. I'm going to move on to the NHL. You ready? Yeah. I mean, just stop. Or do you have, you have a game? thought? Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Well, they look pretty good. I watched the game. They look pretty good in the football game. That first drive was just surgical, and then they had a couple others. Tom was fired up as Tom's been fired up when a couple things don't go his way, but it's tough because the NFL is so unpredictable. Like, I'm putting my top five together, and I'm hopefully we're going to have it for next hour. But it's it's so hard to do because teams that are in the top five lose, and teams that are out win, and there's not a lot of consistency. But that's what makes the NFL a lot of fun. Moving on to the NHL, and I'll ask the guys, please keep us both up if you don't mind. Uh, Justin Falk scored his one thousand, sorry, one hundredth career goal. Boy, a thousand, wouldn't that be some 100th career goal to cap a quick three goal outburst by St. Louis in the first period. And the Blues beat the Vegas Golden Knights 5-2 on Monday night. I don't know what's going on with the Vegas Golden Knights, but it's becoming a concern, Moose. Elsewhere in San Jose, Alexander Barbanov scored 142 into overtime and San Jose handed Carolina only its third loss of the season, 2-1. Alex Newhook, Team Canada fans know him, scored the go-ahead goal with 133 to go sending Colorado past Ottawa 7-5 for the Avs' fifth straight win. Look out, here comes Colorado. Jack Roslovic had two goals and an assist to lead the Columbus Blue Jackets past the Buffalo Sabres 7-4 on Monday night. Did you happen to see the photo moose of Cole Sillinger presenting a jersey to Dan Lebetard of the infamous no. Dan Lebetard show of ESPN? Yes. Uh, somebody tagged what? me and it showed me the photo. I guess Cole has moved on and forgotten us little people. Is 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 Levitard a big Sillinger fan? Or is I have no idea. If you if you go look up go look up Dan Levitard on Twitter, you'll see a photo of him holding up a Cole Sillinger jersey, and I think Cole might have been in studio with him. How about that? We need to get to the bottom of it. Um Yakov Trenin scored the tie-breaking goal at 12-10 of the third period and had an assist in Nashville's 3-2 victory over Anaheim. And finally, Danton Heinen scored the go-ahead goal early in the third period, and Tristan Jari allowed one goal after back-to-back -back shutouts to lead Pittsburgh over Winnipeg 3-1 at Canada Life Center. Dominic Toninato scored in the first period, but that was it for the Jets as Jari finished with 30 saves after posting shutouts at Montreal and Toronto in the first two games of Pittsburgh's three-game Canadian swing. Jason Zucker and Jake Gensel also scored for the Penguins, whose perfect road trip followed a three-game skid. Connor Hellebuck 
stopped 33 shots for Winnipeg in a losing cause. It's their third loss in a row, and the Jets now 7-2-1 and one at home. I'm going to pause there for a second. We do have a couple minutes left in this segment. Coming up, I'm going to talk about the Arizona Cardinals releasing Chris Streveler. We talk about the Saskatchewan Huskies getting ready for the uh, UTech Bowl, and some of a trio of their players were recognized by Canada West U Sports. But let's just say this about the National Hockey League, because for the Canadians that don't know, and I think people should, U.S. Thanksgiving is Thursday. And the rule of thumb, Darren, that's always been the thing in the National Hockey League that I know of, and my dad worked in it for 26 years, is U.S. Thanksgiving is like the cutoff line where you know what you have or you don't have. So this is like your team. The Maple Leafs, have you formulated what they are? Do they need anything? Do you feel that as we approach Thanksgiving a couple of days from now, they are who they who you thought they were? Well, yeah, I think they've been trending in the right direction. You know, I think what we've what we've lost in the last couple of seasons is clearly identified roles. I think that was always missing. You know, um, it just felt like everybody would sit back and say, oh, these guys are so good. You know, the Marners, the Matthews, the Nylanders, the Taveras, that they're going to do the scoring and we're just going to play. And you don't really have, you know, you wonder what the bottom six is doing, right? There's no purpose there. But I think we're starting to see that a little bit. You're starting to see some energy from the bottom six. You know, it, it seems like the back end settled in. Um, if Jack Campbell can be, you know, a real number one and play well night in and night out, they're going to be okay. I think we're starting to see that identity. The top, you know, Six is becoming the top six. We're starting to see the you know a little bit more identity in the bottom six. So, you know, yeah, I think we're starting to see where the Leafs are at, and I think this is it's pretty positive. I, at least I'm I'm always positive and optimistic, but I'm pretty okay with where they're at. Well, that's my point. When I said the Avalanche here, like look out, here come the Avs. They're now on a long, a lengthy yes. uh, winning streak. How long before they're tops in the Central Division, which we thought. That they would be. And I thought Vegas would be running away with the Pacific Division, and they're nowhere close. Well, so at what time that makes me wonder uh, about those fans teams. get. Yeah, Vegas and the Islanders. We talked about the Islanders yesterday and Vegas. Are they, is this who these teams are? Yeah. We don't want to accept that because it's so early, but it's U.S. Thanksgiving. Yeah, well, Vegas didn't go 13 straight on the road like the Islanders did. They don't really have an excuse. So, when we come back, we'll get into the viewer uh, comments. Of course, the comment of the week, we'll get a $50 gift card from Taco Time. But I'll uh, turn it to the streets, Moose, and see what they have to say when we come back. We'll get into this Arizona Cardinals-Chris Strebler situation. Uh, CFL playoff weekend is at hand. More on who the viewers think should be running the Edmonton Elks. And are you happy with your NHL team as we approach U.S. Thanksgiving? You are watching the RP Show live from the Great Western Brewery in Saskatoon with Moose and me in South Florida on Game Plus Television, YouTube live streaming, and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Hey, honey, can you get one of the kids to show me how this Twitter thing works? Honey, I need to get on Instagram. Time for more of the Rod Peterson Show. Welcome back to the uh, program, everybody. We're still sort of in the extended warm-up for E-Cold Electric. The Moose is at the Great Western Brewery. 
in uh, Saskatoon. I'm in South Florida. And uh, pardon me. Oh, here it is. I thought it was here. I had an email here from the Winnipeg Jets about their Santa's Anonymous toy drive, and I deleted it accidentally. Hit the wrong button. Moose, you ever done that? Oh, yeah. (gasps) It's the worst feeling in the world. You'll find it. Anyways, yeah, I'll get it. I just can't get it immediately. Uh, So we're trying a few different things here. It seems like the connection is better. Um, Producer Clark said, can you go off the YouTube feed for comments this morning? And let's see how that works for a connection. And it seems to be working. So John in Edmonton watching says, what are your thoughts on the news that unvaccinated athletes can't come to Canada starting January 15th? What do I think? I think uh, what took so long, let's go. Life's about choices. If you don't want to be vaccinated, you don't get to come to Canada and perform as an athlete. Pretty simple to me. How about you? Yeah, it is. It's pretty simple. I mean, as long as this is a threat, that's going to be the case. As long as we're worried about spreading it, and, and keeping businesses and the economy and everything slowed down, then it's going to be a thing that you have to do, right? I mean, it seems pretty simple because it's really difficult when you're traveling around in and out of countries to keep that control, right? Fly in, hotel, you're going to interact with somebody along the way, go for a meal. Go. So I get it. I completely get it. No problems here whatsoever. Thanks for the question, John. Uh, From the viewers regarding how do you feel about your NHL team uh, as we approach U.S. Thanksgiving, Leighton Janice watching on YouTube says, the Islanders struggling boggles my mind. Well, it shouldn't. They opened the season with 13 straight road games because the rink wasn't ready yet. So that shouldn't be bogging uh, you down at all mentally. Uh, These Jets fans saying that they can see the Jets making the playoffs, going a round or two, and then losing. Yeah, I think the main thing is get into the playoffs. That is the main thing. The reason when I talked about the U.S. Thanksgiving cutoff, Darren, was will we not forever think about the Los Angeles Kings in 2012 that were out of a playoff spot in late January, fired their head coach Terry Murray, and bring in Daryl Sutter, and they rally and go on to win a Stanley Cup. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, um, that's the who, who is that team? St. Louis Blues. Same thing with Mike Yo, and uh, they bring in a brand new head coach who takes him to a Stanley Cup championship. I know. You know, you have to be open to this, but let's not let's not bank on it, right? When your team's struggling, <laughs> yeah. and the team's struggling. And the team's struggling. You can't sit there. Just wait till January when we're in last place. Because St. Louis did it, so we can do it, right? There's a difference. You have to know what you have. You have to make sure that you have the right pieces that are capable. It's different if your team sucks or if your team's just underperforming and you need a little tinker. Um, For the Jets, I mean, they were talking about, you know, last night, disappointed with the way that game went. They didn't have the puck enough. They didn't play well enough with the puck. But look it. Connor Hellebuck looks really good. He played really well last night against Pittsburgh. You know, Kyle Connor had a great chance in the breakaway. The puck just bounced on him, and he didn't get a little shot, a good shot away on that breakaway. There, there was opportunities. Winnipeg's still a very good team. So you got to remain patient in Winnipeg because as long as Hellebuck's playing at the level he is, and you still have, I mean, Shifley and Wheeler, that's the concern. They're getting chances, but they're not scoring. If that continues, I'd be, a, I'd be concerned. But once they get going, and it will happen, 
because they're good players, Winnipeg will be fine. Absolutely. And, but that's the thing. I know we have a lot of viewers in Winnipeg. The ratings tell us that. But I just want to make it clear, we can't listen to the irrational Winnipeg Jets fan base. Because when they were winless in three to start the season, all of a sudden it was the, uh-oh, fire Paul Maurice talk, fire Chevy talk. And now look where they are near the top of the Central Division, which we knew was going to happen. So anyways, uh, Jets fans are going to be Jets fans. Same thing as fans are going to be fans. But you just can't fans necessarily are be listen fans. to them. And it feels like, yeah, this is the, the counseling session every, and you've been doing this for 20 years. You know, come here and we'll make sure you stay level and we'll put it into perspective for you. Um, do, 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 John in Edmonton says, did you watch the Elks press conference yesterday? Uh, that's a hard no, John. No, I did not. Uh, 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 Mandy's checking. So again, I'm going off the YouTube comments here today. And so I can't get all the comments. Let me just put it this way. Oh, Christine. Is it Christine? She's telling me that I'm frozen. Am I frozen or is she frozen? I think she's frozen. Yeah, Christine, it's okay. It's not my, it's not a me problem. All I have is one sentence here for point five. Arizona Cardinals release Chris Strebler. And you see that it's that? a big headline at three down. Yeah, I know, right? At three down nation.com. That's it. And a, a nice long story at 3downnation.com. Chris Strebler, of course, came into prominence, the former so South Dakota State star who came in an emergency duty in the 2019 CFL playoffs and piloted the Winnipeg Blue Bombers to some wins in the fall, I guess before Zach Calero showed up. And I think he did come in in playoff time, Chris Strebler. And then he got Arizona Cardinals signed him out of it. I think they said he's made $760,000 each of the last two years. But he was released. Uh, let's just say this, Darren. Maybe Chris Strebler will get an opportunity with another NFL team. He probably will. I mean, everybody compares him to Taysom Hill with the Saints, and he just got a big extension. Maybe Chris Strebler stays in the NFL. And if you were him, you know he's going to exhaust every opportunity. But he can't say, I don't think, that he didn't get his opportunity in Arizona. You know, he started a must-win game last year in week 17 for the Cardinals and couldn't pull it off to make the playoffs. And then against the Carolina Panthers the other night, he didn't really get it done. I guess it was 10 days ago now. Strebler can't say that he didn't get his chance in Arizona. He's got in his opportunity. You know, when, when Kyler Murray goes down and Colt McCoy's here in, Okay, they're telling me that uh, they got to pull Darren off the screen because his screen froze up at Great Western Brewery. <laughs> so, um, let me know when Darren's back. This is hilarious. Mandy in Edmonton, she's upset. She says, RP, not even watching the news. My God. Uh, no, they asked if I watched the news conference. And the answer is no. There's a hell of a lot of other things going on, Mandy, in the world than the Edmonton Elks firing their president, general manager, and head coach, okay? Bingo! I was talking with the Florida Panthers. Exactly. I was talking with the Florida Panthers yesterday. We were formulating plans for Wednesday's game against the Philadelphia Flyers. 
Saturday with the Seattle Kraken coming to town. There are bigger things than the Edmonton Elks, Mandy, and there are bigger things. I'll just stop there. But you get it. It's big to you. It's not big to me. We got him back. Okay, Moose, back. To, we didn't get much of what you were saying about Chris yeah. Strebler. So he can start again. Uh, and he can't say that he didn't get his fair chance with the Arizona Cardinals. He did. And I think he completed like 68% of his passes, but like for 114 yards, um, one touchdown, one interception. And you're right. He started that must win game last year. But now when Kyler Murray goes down, you know, they're not turning to Chris Strebler. When Kyler Murray goes down, they turn to Colt McCoy to be their starter. And it wasn't until that game was at a hand that Chris ended up getting his opportunity. So, you know, the big body, the short yardage, that's great. But the Taysom Hill comparison is, is Chris Strebler taking handoffs for Arizona? Is Chris Strebler catching passes, you know, as a viable option as a tight end or a slot back for Arizona? And the answer is no, you know. So you can't just be a short yardage under center quarterback and, and expect to be Taysom Hill because you run a little bit. Um, you know, he has to do those things and be an asset in those areas, catching football, running the foot, a real threat. Okay. Yeah, no problem. They tell me that we've lost the moose again. So um, we'll work on that. But I appreciate John. Oh, and we got a ton, a ton of text messages I just noticed have come in on the 902 number. So hang on. John Kirby in Edmonton has just pointed out he didn't mean to, but he's just shown why I don't didn't watch the Elks news conference. John Kirby in Edmonton says at the Elks press conference yesterday, they were asked several times about the firing of their equipment manager. They answered the question, no, all they said is we're not ready to give an answer. So why would I watch it, John? I know for a fact they weren't going to stand there and answer any questions to anybody's satisfaction. I know that. That's the way sports is now. What, 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 what do you expect them to say? <laughs> we just burnt this franchise to the ground. We fired the president, the general manager, and the head coach. They were 3-11. and 11. They were an embarrassment. And what, what we all know what happened. Don't we all know? What are you going to watch the news conference for? <laughs> no, Mandy, you uh, don't have, don't guess what I was going to say because you're wrong. I see what she's, she's upset. Let, let's dig a little further into this Edmonton Elks thing before we break and bring in Ozzy Weisblatt because it is Canada's daytime sports talk show. She thinks she knows what I was going to say, but she doesn't. For one, I'm wondering where the money is coming from to make these firings. That's my biggest concern. If we're going to get real here for a minute for the Edmonton Elks, because as I told you, I was talking to football people this morning. Um, let's just say Jimmy Elizondo, the head coach, he coached one year. You know, when he signed a contract to be their head coach, it was at least two years. And that's a six figure job. So now you're burning at least six figures on your head coach that you've deemed was a, a bad hire, I guess. And I'll come back around on that in a moment. We don't know the contract status of the general manager and the president, but we do know they make a hell of a lot more than the head coach. And do we need to get into the fact that the Edmonton football team 
burned $500,000 on Scott Milanovic in a COVID year when he didn't even run a practice, didn't even coach a game. I'm not sure he even stepped foot in Edmonton. He was down here in South Florida when he signed that deal. I don't think he ever went to Edmonton. $500,000 gone there. And you got a league going to Ottawa saying, can we get $150 million? And the government's like, nope. How about $30 million? Uh, also, no. So this goes back to financial mismanagement, mismanagement of a team. When are you going to listen to what I'm saying about how business is done with these teams? It's not just an Edmonton Elks thing. But how confident are you as an Edmonton fan base that this board that put all these guys in place, let's start with the president, Chris Presson. Did he inherit Brock Sunderland as the GM? I can't remember the timeline. But clearly, he was deemed that he had to go. And then, as one of the football guys that I talked to this morning said, Jamie Elizondo is the guy that I feel the most sorry for because he just got caught up in a really bad culture. So, no, this is no small thing. And you're getting my analysis here on the Edmonton Elks because Darren's gone, but it is the Rod Peterson show. And I guess... Clark, you tell me when we got a break, because I think we are up against it for a break here. Yeah, okay, and we will. But I'm just, yeah, I'm just saying Hugh Campbell ran this. The Hugh Campbell is responsible for the Eskimo way, not this board. So I'd be really worried where this franchise is going, is my point. You can fire all the guys you want, and they say what goes around comes around, and that's fine. It generally does. But what's the collateral damage in the meantime? You smoked your 49-year equipment manager in a classless move. You changed the franchise's name. Could you go back? Eddie Steele lost his job on Elks Radio for saying it the way that it is. Like, look at all what's done. And then you fire them? You can't go back? So, anyways, we'll get into more of that Taco Time viewer takeover a little later on. But Ozzy Weisblatt joins us next. You're watching the RP Show on the Game Plus TV network, YouTube Live and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Did you know you can catch all the best moments from the show on all our social media platforms? Now back to the studio with Rod. Welcome back to the program, everybody. A reminder, Taco Time viewer takeover coming up next segment. RP Show continues from beautiful South Florida, where the Panthers are home Wednesday night to the Philadelphia Flyers. If you are a hockey fan at all, you know the name Ozzie Weisblatt. He is a star in the Western Hockey League. He is a prospect of the San Jose Sharks, a first-round draft choice. And Ozzie joins us today. I think from Prince Albert. That's where he was supposed to be last week when we had him lined up to go, and the weather got in the way. And like I say, I'm a big fan of Ozzy too. Called his games with the Raiders. How you doing, Ozzy? I'm awesome. How are you? Yeah, awesome. I love it. Love interviewing junior hockey players. Listen, you were supposed to come on last week, but you guys had to leave early because of the storm. You were heading up to Edmonton. What's the last week been like in the life of the Prince Albert Raiders and one Ozzy Weisblatt? Yeah, I think there's been uh, some traveling involved, and you know that's just junior hockey, and um, I think that's something I've come to love and. And kind of cherish. So, um, you know, it was, it was a good week of, of hockey up in Edmonton and Red Deer and uh, played two pretty good teams. And uh, unfortunately, didn't get the, get 
didn't get the four points you wanted, but uh, we had a good effort. Ozzy, you're in um, your fourth full season in Prince Albert, and you got into those six games with the San Jose Barracudas, which I'll ask, ask you about uh, earlier on this fall. But you've kind of seen it all with the Prince Albert Raiders. For our viewers that don't know your history there, and you're going to be playing with the Sharks one day, what's your career been like with the Raiders? What, what are your memories, and, and how would you like to see it end here at the end of this season? Yeah, it's been awesome. I think I was very fortunate to be on a on a great team when I was 16 and uh, obviously won the Edgerton Health Cup. And it was an unbelievable experience um, just learning from all those guys. And, you know, every every year I've been a part of this team, I learned something new, whether it's, you know, life experiences or, uh, you know, on the ice. Um, and obviously, you know, this year I, I want to win another, another championship. And I think, you know, we got the guys in the room to do it. And, you know, we got a, a good coaching staff and um, we have everything everything we need to, to win. So uh, I believe in these guys, and I think we can do it. Well, you know uh, what it does take to win, and now that I think about it, the Prince Albert Raiders are still the defending Western Hockey League champions. And I got to ask you, if COVID hadn't derailed this thing the last two years, what do you think was possible for that club? I mean, one of the saddest stories ever is that Max Paddock never really got to, his, to have his redemption story and goal for himself or for you guys. But what do you think this team is would have been capable of at the top of its cycle the last couple of years. Yeah, it's too bad. I think, um, you know, obviously we've had a, a great team for, you know, probably the whole time I've been here. So, um, you know, there's possibilities, you know, we, we could have went back to back or, or things like that. And, um, you know, it's unfortunate, but, um, you know, I just can't control those things and you kind of got to move on and, you know, focus uh, on the task at hand and, you know, that's this year. So, um you know, hopefully we can do it again this year. Sure. Well, you obviously have moved forward, but I, and I just, I want to talk about the bubble last year in Regina because I called the games and every time the Pats were playing Prince Albert, I was like watching you. I'm like, wow, wow. There is no doubt why you went in the first round to the uh, San Jose Sharks. What was it like living in the bubble last year in Regina? Tell us, I haven't talked to too many guys about it, but everybody that I have talked to didn't care for it. What was it like from what you remember? No, I loved it. I, I think it was a it was a different experience and you know, you I, I got I got the chance to hang out with all the guys all day and you know, it was something I missed being our being away from them for so long and um you know we always have a great group here in PA and um you know every everybody loves it everyone loves each other and uh, loves being around each other. So um, you know, I, I thought it was an awesome experience and something, you know, maybe I won't have again. So uh something I try to cherish as much as possible. Oh, well, trust me, I, I know. I don't, I don't know if the staff up there told you I was the voice of the Raiders long before you were even around. You're a 2002 baby uh, in Calgary. I was the voice of the Raiders from 93 to 95, and we called it Little Chicago then, or Little Montreal, actually. Little Montreal then. I know how big of a deal the Raiders are in that town. So I guess that brings me to my next question for you, Ozzy. You guys are 6-11-0-1, 11th in the conference. What's missing right now? What's not happening for the Prince Albert Raiders? Yeah, I think it's early in the year still. Um, you know, we've played some some really good teams and we're still trying to kind of figure figure kind of our identity out. And, you know, we have new players and, um, you know, there's still, it's a long year and we still got lots of time to turn things around. And, um, you know, the guys we have in that dressing room are great people off the ice and, you know, that'll only lead, only lead to, you know, good hockey on the ice. So, um, you know, I'm not worried about it and, you know, I believe in this group, so. 
got to be honest, your muzzy is a little distracting, Ozzy. Are you doing a Movember <laughs> thing or what is the story? What is the story behind that duster? No, yeah, it's definitely Movember. Um, it's probably the best one I've had, so uh, I'm not complaining. Is there any contest on the bus for who's got the best one? Who else is uh, participating in Movember on the Prince Albert Raiders? Um, goals, goals is trying, but uh, I'm I'm pretty sure I'm blowing everybody out the water right now. So, not to brag, <laughs> well, you're one of the older guys. You should be at your age. And yeah. I got to ask you this: uh, how how much you watching the fortunes of the San Jose Sharks? They've had some major COVID issues this year, as you obviously know. Uh, your thoughts on uh, your your future club here uh, with the Sharks this season in that Pacific Division? Um, yeah, I, mean, I, I try and watch as many games possible. Um, you know, it's tough with our schedule and, you know, traveling and things like that. But, you know, obviously I try and watch as much as possible. And, um, you know, they're, they're kind of in the same boat, just trying to kind of figure things out. And, um, you know, they had a big win, I believe, last night versus the Canes. So, um, you know, it's good to see. And hopefully they turn things around as well. You know, they have an awesome group in that Huge. room. And, yeah. Yeah. Huge victory over the Carolina Hurricanes, actually. Just the Canes' third loss of the year. And that reminds me, by the way, when you go to a camp, of course, and I guess you've been to a couple, I would assume. I don't know what the COVID thing's done to you there, but you, you know these guys, right? They, they feel like your friends. Who are the guys that you kind of gravitated to in your time with San Jose since being drafted in the first round? Um, You know, I, I got really close to Mario Ferraro there where, you know, I spent the summer in San Jose, so um, he was also there. So, I mean, I got... To Got to spend a lot of time with him, and you know he's he's around my age too. So um, you know it was it was pretty good, just you know going out to lunches and dinners with him, and you know staying at his place sometimes, and um, you know always working out with him too. So uh, he, he was a great guy for me to kind of lean on, and you know if I had any questions, I uh, I wouldn't has, hesitate to ask him. What's the schedule ahead for the Raiders the rest of the week, Ozzy? Uh, we'll, we'll play against Moose Jaw, uh, here soon. And then, uh, we'll have, uh, two games on the weekend. And, uh, I guess right now we're just kind of focusing on, on, on the practice here today and, uh, trying to clean some things up. And, um, you know, we, we obviously play the first place team in the league, uh, on the weekend. So, uh, you know, I, I know the guys will want to win that game and, um, you know, I'm excited for it. Absolutely, you should be. Well, Ozzy, uh, big fan here. Uh, as I've pointed out, good luck getting this thing back on track. I appreciate the time. Say hey to all my Raider friends, and uh, hopefully we get a chance to do it again. Yeah, I appreciate it, Rod. Ozzy Weisblatt of the Prince Albert Raiders joining us today from the gateway to the north. Taco time. Viewer takeover is next. You're watching the RP Show on the Game Plus Television Network. YouTube live streaming and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Send us your opinions now. We won't victimize you unless you really deserve it. Now back to your host, Rod Peterson. Welcome back, everybody. It is uh, time for Taco Time Viewer Takeover. Dare I say my favorite time, although about Taco Time is my favorite time, but 
chatting with the viewers is too. It's getting spicy in the comments today. Every Tuesday, by the way, is Taco Tuesday for only $2 each at Taco Time. Do you order hard or soft shell tacos? Beef or veggie? Frankly, I wonder why they would even make a veggie taco at all. But that's just me. Um, I'm going to keep it to the text line with these comments because there's enough here. I don't need to go into that YouTube pool. And you can always write us here at 902-518-3033. We don't have the jingle ready yet because Moose has been in Saskatoon, unable to take care of those business matters. But again, right now, you can write us 902-518-3033, the number to reach us right here on set. So earlier on, I asked, how are you feeling about your NHL team as we are on really the cusp of U.S. Thanksgiving? It's two days away. And in NHL circles, they say that U.S. Thanksgiving is the, to use a farm term, where they separate the wheat from the chaff. <clears throat> the stuff that you turn into wheat, or sorry, that you turn into bread and pasta, or the stuff that you blow out the back of the combine. That's the chaff. This is where the separation happens. Andy, watching in Michigan, says Hab season was done at the Canadian Thanksgiving. Is this year, the year they hire Patty Wah in the offseason as general manager? Spicy. Habs fan in Michigan checking in. Yeah, right? No. As much as I would. If there's a baby hockey Jesus, Montreal would hire Patty Wah as head coach and general manager, but I'm not sure there is a baby hockey Jesus. And from what I'm told from my NHL people, the next general manager of the Montreal Canadiens will be Matthew Darsh, the current director of hockey operations with the Tampa Bay Lightning. So watch for that. Chris Jarl is watching in Surrey, BC. He says, last minute, last minute of play in hour one. He says, so unhappy with my Canucks. I thought they looked better on paper than last year. Was I ever wrong? I see more issues with special teams than anything else. Power play is so predictable. Do you think it's time to change the coach or GM? Uh, yeah. That's long overdue. I saw them opening night at Edmonton. I've said it many times. I'm like, this team is not good. Mandy checking in here regarding the Elks. She says, no, Rod, they don't have to appoint a president before letting go of the current one. The team needs a new direction, period. This is under Wally's direction. You can't overrule that. Darren, enough sexy talk. That's from Mandy. So she's really ordering us around. Moose. Um... Well, Moose, I'm sure he's watching right now in the brewery in Saskatoon. When we come back, we'll, uh, of course, have Hour 2 for Great Western, Original 16, and Core Grain. Answer all of your questions and talk about a big night. coming up. For more Rod Peterson on demand, visit rodpeterson.com. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.